Man, uh, we have been in a series called The Comeback. Maybe it's time to start again. And next Sunday, we're going to continue with that series. But for today, we thought it was the best thing to kind of hit the pause button on that. And instead to talk about something that is prevalent in our culture today, and maybe prevalent in your heart today, and that is the topic of fear. Fear is powerful, and it's real, and we have seen that uh, over the last few days. I think the fact that uh, maybe you've had some trouble getting toilet paper uh, over the last couple of days is evidence of the power of fear. Uh, but it's not just that, though. It became real for me uh, yesterday. I've got, a, I've got an 11-month-old son at home, and we went to Walmart to look for formula for him because we were running low. And even the formula was very low. And by God's grace, uh, there were exactly what we needed for him uh, left in that moment. And so we were thankful for that. But that moment is really when it became real for me. I think if I'm honest, the, the reality of the virus itself and all that kind of stuff, it, it has not brought me, it's, you know, it's, I think it's made me nervous, but it hasn't brought me to the level of fear. That moment when I thought, am I going to be able to get what I need to feed my kid? That is where the fear became real for me. And how wonderful is it that for as real as fear is, we have just as real of a savior in Jesus Christ. And we've got a story in scripture that powerfully communicates this. Uh, it's found in Mark chapter four, starting in verse 35. I want to invite you to turn there. Uh, you're home, so you've got your Bibles with you. Uh, no excuse not to, um, not to turn to the passage of Mark four, starting in verse 35. I'm going to read just uh, the first few verses here, and then uh, we will keep going. Mark 4, 35, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. So they're going to the Sea of Galilee. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. It's a huge storm. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Uh, fear is powerful. And for the disciples here in this little story that we're looking at today, the fear was incredibly real. Sometimes we fear and it's completely irrational. But I think even if it's irrational, the effect that it has on us is very real. And God knows this. And so Jesus is out on the boat with his disciples. And, and I want to make sure that we have the image of this correct because I think, you know, we tend to think of modern ideas of what a boat is. Uh, this right here is a picture of what they would have been traveling in. Really, just a few guys could fit in one of these at a time. This is a first century boat that they found right near the Sea of Galilee. And this would have been just like the boat that they were traveling in in this story. And so that's why there was a bunch of them, because all the disciples and Jesus and a few others were with them. They would have needed more boats. And I want you just to imagine yourself in this boat when a storm kicks up on the sea. That's a crazy thing. I would be scared, wouldn't you? I would be. And I especially would be considering who I was with because 
these guys, these disciples, many of them are experienced fishermen. They know what it's like to be out on the Sea of Galilee, which at random times can throw up these crazy storms. They have experience in dealing this, with this kind of stuff. And even they are scared. This storm is real. And the fear that you and I feel at different times in our lives and could possibly be feeling right now is just as real. So what does God expect us to do? How does he expect us to respond when it makes sense? It makes sense to be scared. And he knows that the circumstances are frightening. Well, the one thing that I want to give you today that I don't want you to miss, if you walk away with nothing else other than this, it will be a win. Here it is. The words of God are your best anchor in a storm of fear. I'll say it again. The words of God are your best anchor in a storm of fear. And we find ourselves in those things. I mean, right now we're in a culture that's freaked out over the coronavirus. You might be feeling fear due to that as well. Or maybe like me, you're feeling fear because uh, you don't know how everybody's going to respond. And you're wondering, am I going to be able to get food? Are, are the grocery stores going to be empty? What's going to happen? How are people going to freak out about this? And how is that going to affect my life? You might be feeling things like that right now. That fear is very real. But maybe it's not that that's making you nervous today. Maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's something that you have going on physically in your body that has nothing to do with the pandemic that has got you thinking in cycles of fear. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just a relational circumstance. You don't know where your marriage is going to end up. You're in turbulent waters with your spouse, with your kids. Maybe you've got kids that are not following the Lord. And quite frankly, if you're, if you're honest about it, you're admitting that this is making me very scared. I don't know what's going to happen with them. I don't know what is causing you to fear today. But the thing I don't want you to miss is that the words of God are your best anchor in a storm of fear. I want to go back to the story so that we see how this plays out and you see how Jesus responds. And his response tells us something about how he wants us to respond in times of fear. So the disciples ask Jesus, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And then in verse 39, the story continues. He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. You're disturbing my sleep. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. A couple of observations here to make. Number one, I think it's easy for us to relate to the disciples on this one. Jesus is sleeping on a cushion in the midst of this crazy storm. And I'll bet you felt like that before in your life. You're in cycles of fear. You're freaking out. Maybe it's even physiological for you. You feel the anxiety in your chest. And it feels like your Savior is asleep at the switch. I felt that way before too. I think we can relate to the disciples on this one because the question they ask is the question that you and I ask so often in times like this is, don't you care? God, don't you care about my situation? Don't you care about this thing? Don't you care that it's freaking me out? Well, we know because we know other passages in Scripture, you know, like Romans 8, 38, 
Uh, for neither height nor depth, neither angels nor demons, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We know that the answer is that it's not that he doesn't care, right? It's not that he doesn't care. It's, it's really this. And remember this in the, the times and seasons of fear that you have in your life. God is not worried about what you're worried about. He's not worried about it. The reason that he's not worried about it, of course, is because he has all the power. He has all the authority. And, and you might think, well, man, doesn't God understand that I don't have the power and that makes me nervous about the situation and that I'm worried about it. But I think the reason that he can tell us things like, hey, do not worry because I'm going to take care of you is because he's truly not worried about what you're worried about. He's not shaken. He's able to take a nap in the midst of the craziest storm. And it's that confidence that really I think God wants us to have moving forward. He wants us to know this. And it's interesting because Jesus kind of rebukes the disciples. So why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why are you freaking out? And I want to ask Jesus here, hey, give him a break. Like, <laughs> this is a real situation. Why are you so upset with them? And I think it's because God expects us to have confidence in him. He doesn't expect us to have his perspective. He doesn't expect us to have his view, but he does expect us to have the confidence that comes from focusing on him, but not just on what he is, or not just on some thought about him, but specifically the words that come out of his mouth. I want to rewind back to the beginning of the story and we see in the very first verse, in verse 35, that day when evening came, he said, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. That's very interesting to me. Part of the reason, I believe, why Jesus was kind of irritated with the disciples at this point is because he's essentially saying, you forgot what I said. I told you, I told you, we would get to the other side. I said, let's go to the other side. And if you look at the Greek of that phrase, it's not a suggestion. It's actually a command. He's commanding them. He's saying, hey, we're going to the other side. And no matter what comes up, no matter what storm riles up, no matter what obstacles appear, what God says is going to happen. And Jesus expects his disciples to have the same confidence to know, you know what? Man, this storm is crazy. But Jesus said we were going to get to the other side. And so that is where the confidence to take a nap on a cushion in the midst of a storm comes from. And I believe he wants us to have that. Well, we're not riding in a boat with Jesus uh, on the waves of the Sea of Galilee today. But we can't forget that just as present as Jesus was with those disciples, he's present with you and me today. And we have the words of God right here in Scripture. And so my encouragement to you today is this. Make sure that you don't forget what he said. There's a lot of things in here that God has told us over and over and over again. Promises that he's made us. Now, there's some things that we kind, of, we kind of do life assuming that God's promised us something. And he hasn't. He's not promised us that things would go well. He's not promised us that there would be toilet paper in every store whenever we need it. He's not promised us that we wouldn't get sick. He's not promised us any of these things. But he has promised to never leave us. He's promised to never forsake us. He has promised to drive out our fear with his perfect love. He has promised us that 
even though we die, yet shall we live if we have claimed him as our Lord and Savior. And it's remembering those words, the specific words, I am the resurrection and the life. That right there, that phrase, if we are focusing on it all the time, should give us the confidence that we need in the face of any fear storm that we're in. So my encouragement to you is this. Memorize a verse of scripture this week. In the midst of your fear, in the midst of all that stuff, take a verse of scripture. Maybe from this storm, maybe from this storm passage, maybe from another passage, but memorize it. A new one, one that you've never memorized before. Memorize it. And it's especially powerful. You take something that's a promise from God. And James, he says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. That's a great one to memorize this week. Man, know it, know it, know it, know it. And every single time the thoughts of fear fire off in your mind, respond with that verse. Every time. Every time. If it happens a hundred times a day that you get a, uh, a fear thought that introduces its way into your consciousness, respond with God's word. Do not forget what he said. Let us go to the other side. Listen, he has promised us, you and me, that no matter what happens on this earth, we're going to make it to the other side and eternity with him. That's a guarantee. You can take it to the bank. And we know that this is true. So, my friends, I tell you, if you're in a cycle of fear, if you are in thoughts of fear, if you are struggling with that right now, use this tactic. Do not forget what he has said because his words are your greatest anchor in a storm of fear. And maybe if you're not afraid right now, but you've got maybe friends who are, or you know that people in your community are, don't mock them, don't ridicule them, don't criticize that fear, instead calm it with encouraging words. So right now, we're going to be on social media a lot these next four weeks because, you know, we got a lot of things we can't go to. Use this opportunity. Fill your feed with the words of God that will speak peace and calm in the midst of other people's fear. That's my encouragement to you today. And I pray that this will make its home inside of your heart and inside of your mind uh, this week. Uh, we've got these four weeks coming up. We're going to be online. Tune in every single Sunday at 11 a.m. And we are praying that the next opportunity we're going to be able to get together is Easter Sunday, April 12th. And so, in light of that, invite, invite, invite. We've got these cards that we've made up. We're going to throw it up on the screen now for you. So you're invited to Easter at Shelby Road, April 12th, 9.30 a.m. That's what we're planning on. Uh, the service times, uh, 9.30 Easter service, and then we're going to do our Sunday School or Adult Bible Fellowship at 10.45 like normal that day. We've got all kinds of stuff planned. Fun for the whole family, for kids in the service. All kinds of stuff. And God's given me a message that I can't wait to give to you. So invite people. Invite a coworker, Invite a friend. My goal is that everybody at this church takes one card and gives it to at least one person to see what God does with that on Easter Sunday. Be praying that we will be able to meet by then, that this thing will be calmed down by then, and we will be able to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ together in person. Guys, until then, we're hoping that you'll tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. Thank you so much for making the time for this today. I'm going to close in prayer, and then we'll call it good. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you would fill us with the confidence that comes from your words. That we would not forget what you have said in the midst of any storm that we find ourselves in. And that you will use your words to that effect in our hearts to drive out fear, give us confidence, knowing what you have said, because what you have said will absolutely take place. We thank you for the confidence we have in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll, we'll see you guys next week.